0: Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties. Hey, listen, uh, Genesis 15, you can turn there. So good to have you here. Um, uh, It's so hard to open your Bible to Genesis 15 and let it sit. It doesn't want to do it. All right, we're good. Hey, if uh, if we haven't met you, honestly, though, Marin, I would love to meet you, but I I still stand by what I said, that there are some beautiful people in this place, and they would love to meet you, and um, Kyler, they're nowhere to sit, man, what's the deal, are you just, gonna, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> you don't have to sit down, I'm just making you feel bad, oh, that was awesome, that was good, he goes, oh, oh, yeah, uh, uh, What? Um, well, hey, it's good to be here, good to have you, it's going to be good. How many of you enjoyed this Look Up series? It's been good, yeah? I'm going to say this out loud, so she has to stay committed to it. In a couple weeks, you should be hearing Bradley's preaching. Bradley's preaching. Uh, but if it works, Pastor is gonna going to preach. Although, let me just say this, and I say this with all sincerity. Meredith is, has taken on so much in this new season as, uh, as we move into this new building and everything we're doing. And uh, it's been actually really amazing to watch and see. And um, she does it without complaining and frustration and uh it's been yeah huh you should preach on complaining yeah because you do <laughs> no you said that just to be clear uh but man it's it's awesome how many of you love pastor mayor amazing isn't she i i i know this um but it's so good to have you we are in a series called look up we are talking about faith uh last week i hadn't preached i'd only preached like one week in the last seven or something like that <laughs> and so like i figured i should do my job and uh I got all fired up. I got done with the service. I went to Mary and I go, I feel like I yelled the entire time. And uh, now I talk lightly to begin with, so I don't think I was actually yelling. I was probably just finally at a normal voice. Um, but I'm going to try not to yell at you so much today. Uh, I don't think you guys hate it. I don't think you're you know, mad at it. But, um, but I don't want to always be yelling, right? It's just con- so I'm going to try to be measured. If you feel like it's too loud, just kind of put your hand up, okay? Just kind of like simmer, simmer down. I will trust John McCurdy to do that because he's really good at not being loud. Um, and so, um, welcome to C3 where we're free and we're friends. Uh, Genesis chapter 15, listen, don't be afraid, okay? Yeah, just don't. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. I know it's weird to say that right now. Like, we're in the building and AC's on and we're all good. But it seemed like God always showed up and said, do not be afraid before he told you what he wanted you to do. He always, like, preempted your fear with his do not be afraid. It's interesting, isn't it? Hey, listen, no, for real, though, don't be afraid. Monday might look different than you thought. Do not, do not be afraid. This next season might take a twist that you didn't expect. Do not be afraid. Don't do it. I mean, that thing's repeated over and over and over and over through Scripture. Do not be afraid. Seems to be an important thing. And so we're going to talk about faith and fear today. We're talking about do not be afraid. But before we go into that place, I just thought (laughs) one of the funniest things to watch on the interwebs is people being afraid. Uh, Can I get a witness? It is one of the greatest things. Now, the ones I really wanted to show you, I couldn't show you because, like, when they got afraid, they said words that only you can say in private when no one else is listening. (laughs) I mean, you can't say it all what I meant to say. Don't say them at all. Definitely not in your car while you're driving down any highway in Texas. So I wanted to show you, like, a couple that I like. The audio is not amazing because we illegally downloaded them, so... (laughs) (laughs) But I'm pretty sure that's how they ended up there, too. So I'm, I, think it's, I think it's okay. I think by that point, statute of limitations. All right. So I want to show this first one. I thought this one was great. Uh, Questlove posted it. And Talisha then posted it. And I think one, someone else posted it. And I thought it was really, really funny. And some of you are like, I don't know who Questlove is. And you think he's only the drummer for Jimmy Fallon. And that's a tragedy. Uh, one of the most, like, he's <laughs> a musical genius. Um, but I just would love for you he posted this the other day. I'm glad he did because this is hilarious. I want you to see what fear does to people. He does it to all of us. So I want you to watch this one. I think this is funny. (laughs) You can see the man's legs. This one's good. Get him with a hot dog. Get him with a hot dog. Oh, now he's just like, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I'm, I'm a doctor, for goodness sake. I should know that dinosaurs are not coming down the alley. Oh, this one's good because um, it, you've all heard, like, the, the shortened version of this, but this is, like, the longer version, and now I, I think it's even better, and hopefully the audio is decent enough for you to get it, but I, I want you to watch this one. This one's pretty good. Do you want to have see, a look no 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 no, no. no, no i'm good <laughs> look up look up up there, yeah, up, yeah. up 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 here, see look to up get a look photo. up What what you do for work see you know uh, i'm civil engineer oh, oh, oh. Civil engineer. <laughs> He's talking civil engineer <laughs> what what flavour <laughs> road <laughs> road, <laughs> road buildings. oh you did that. like billy uh, looks connected? connected which one see oh, that's, that's that. connected right i was him, yes. yes. I'll yeah. let you double check everything. Yes, please. I was also studying to be a civil engineer. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't make it, so I'm doing this instead. <laughs> yeah, we're all just. You kill No, I designed this. You kill civil engineer. <laughs> oh, get right whoa! Whoa! whoa, whoa. <clears throat> uh, how long will it take? <laughs> About. So many questions. Thirty minutes. Thirty just minutes keep my mind busy. Can you double check please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we have we time. Can. Yeah? No, we can, <laughs> we could, but we're not going to. <laughs> no, no, but I'm serious. No, seriously. So yeah. I have we, to could, we could double well, check. Hold this one to the this to. one. this one? Hold that one right there. Yeah. And we're, we're a bit behind on time, so I'm just going to take your safety off. See how your okay. safety off. But they choose the time.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Let's let's let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Alright. Let me yeah. tell you something! Let me tell you something! <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 no Wait, wait, wait. What, what did you want wait. to tell me? Uh, uh, both of you guys. What did you want okay. to tell me? Double yeah. check, double check, safety first. double check. Oh, So good. Oh man, would you not love to work there? I mean, my goodness. Um, you know, though, I, as I was watching, I was like, what a good illustration of what the devil does, right? Like, you give him one little inch, like, I'm a little afraid, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, you should be, because it's going to get worse from here. The fear is such a powerful thing. It's such a powerful emotion. It's not all bad. Like, fear is not an all bad thing. Fear has helped us survive some pretty good things. Like, it, we, fear is allowed to help us mature and evolve and get better and, and do things right and, and not do that thing again, right, and not go over there and not pet the bear, you know, I just appreciate the first person who tried to pet the wild animals. That taught us all, we should never do that. Some people still try to learn that lesson. I don't get it. Always ends badly. But fear's a powerful, powerful thing. Endorphins and all the like, everything gets released. You start to, and so some of us crave it. Some of us really want the fear. Some of us want to jump out of an airplane. Some of us want to watch scary movies. Like we need that rush. There's something The reality is we need that rush cuz you know, modern day life has gotten way too easy. And that's the truth of it. Truth of it is like we got way too comfortable and now we need some things to mess us up a little bit. And we don't have to go you know, hunt nothing or worry about anything tearing up our house or But fear is a very powerful thing and it messes with all of our physiology. In fact, you could Trace so much of what our body's doing, not just to uh, our habits, but to certain moments in our life that have ingrained themselves and deeply rooted themselves in our life. And now we can't seem to get past that thing. And on a subconscious level, we are still wrestling with it, whether we like it or not. And fear just seems to always be present. That's why this whole command of fear not seems to also be present. Seems to always be a thing that we have to deal with and talk about and think through and figure out. I remember uh, out flying to Austin, uh, which I've never done. It seems like a, you wait in the airport an hour, then you got wait to get picked up, and you fly for an hour. It's like you might as well drive there, dude. And um, so I flew though the logistics just worked out better, and and uh, so we flew. And I. I remember the first flight was on one of the smaller planes, which I'm not super fan of. Like, I don't think they're great. And, um, and uh, I don't know why I think the heavier thing is better to be in the air. But regardless, uh, I, I don't like the – and so we're, we're flying. And, and I used to be totally cool with flying. Now, for some reason, it's just not – I don't like takeoff and I don't like landing. And on this particular flight, I had a rookie. I promise you I had a rookie. because, And I think I had him on the way back because the same exact thing happened. Um, because flying from Dallas to Austin just shouldn't be that big of a deal, and uh, I just remember, like, multiple times feeling the brakes, like, mid-flight, that just shouldn't happen, you don't normally feel the brakes, it's not like you're driving on a highway where you have to stop because someone in front of you is stopping, there's just air, dude, just, like, go, just feel the brakes, just pump the brakes a little bit, maybe you just wanted to make sure we were all awake, you, you you know, you went up, then you went down, there's no, like, there's no, like, going, and just, it was rough, but I remember on the way back, there was an older lady next to me, and and um, and so we talked. I don't remember what what got us on this, but I think we both looked a little bit like I'm not sure about this. And and so we started talking about Do you like flying. She's like, no, I don't really like flying. I usually drive to go see my uh, grandkids, and but this time I'm flying because I want to get there faster. And I was like, oh, that's good. And and um, and somewhere in the flight, dude pumped his brakes. Like honestly, lay off. And um, and pumped his brakes a couple times. And then and then landing, he just kept like oh, just. I've been in a lot of flights. I'm not like a rookie, but it just wasn't. He just needs some time, okay? And, uh, and I remember looking at her, and I said, I, I just said, uh, I said, listen, if the flight attendants aren't freaking out, I'm good. Now, she didn't help me with her next remark, because her next remark was, well, they're trained not to. And I was like, <laughs> okay, okay. You really want to hold on to that fear, don't you? You just, like, really want that. Here's the thing, though, right? Fear... Um, Fear can get you thinking about all the possibilities, all the things that could go wrong and might go wrong and will go wrong. The longer you think on it, the long, the longer the list becomes of things that could go wrong. We kind of bounce around. We tend to be like Cena up on the on the platform, just going, "Okay, what about this? Double check this." And the enemy's just going, "Nope, nope, nope, nope." I used to be good at this. I'm not good at this anymore. But I'm gonna terrorize your life. And fear is such a powerful thing. But here's the thing that we do we do need to be aware of. And I heard this years ago, just like any emotion, fear um, is a, a data point, not a directive. Fear is not meant to be something that you always listen to. It is, it is meant to be something that you pay attention to and you're aware of. And, you, and it, it points you to some things that are going on in your life that maybe you need to deal with. Why are you afraid? Of this. Why are you dealing with fear when that happens? Why is anxiety showing up when this word gets mentioned or that person shows up in the room or that thing happens on the news? What is it that's causing those things? Fear should be paid attention to. It just should not always be listened to. Does that make sense? It is not, we are not meant to be led by fear, but fear seems to be everywhere these days, doesn't it? Fear seems to show up on every corner after every commercial break, Fear is just prevalent. It is always beating down on every single one of us. We are always hearing about, seeing reasons for fear. Now, we don't call it fear. We don't always say it's fear. But it is always this idea that something's going to go wrong. It's all going to go wrong. Everything's going wrong. The politics has become a game of who can scare you the worst. Politics has become a game of I, if I tell you all the bad things that the other side's going to do, the world is going to end. In two years, if they're because there's because by the next time somebody else will get elected, so in two, I got to get elected now because I only got two years for the world to be saved because it's all going to go to crap. I mean, it's been around for a minute, but it's all going to crap. Fear, fear is in fact, in fact, while I was preparing this message yesterday, I got a text. I want to read it to you. This is what it said, <laughs> it had someone else's first name, so I don't know how they got my number, but whatever. It says this, I don't want to alarm you, but this is serious. <laughs> I don't want to alarm you, but I'm going to. I don't want to cause you concern, but here is some, right? I don't want this to go badly, but it's gone bad. Goes on to spell out all the disasters and all the things that are going to go wrong. And, and then, and then, and then you know what happens. So if you'd like to not be worried, give money to me. See, that's bad leadership. That's why, like, honestly. And listen, the church has done it too, right? The church has been bad sometimes. We lead with fear. Oh, man, you better or you're gonna. So love Jesus. Oh, you better, you better be afraid. You better be really afraid. But Jesus loves you so much. It's a weird thing. to, Because I, I don't know, I feel like the Bible said, like, perfect love casts out all fear. Even people read this idea of fear God the wrong way. You realize you fear God means you pay attention to him enough to know you shouldn't fear him. He loves you. He's for you. Just listen. Just watch as he becomes fruitful and overflowing in your life. Just take a drink and I'll promise you rivers. There's this, there's this fear that's just kind of always showing up. The Atlantic wrote this article about where did, um, where did childhood go. And uh, it's a brilliant article. It's really long. I sent it to some people. If you want it, I will share it with you. It's intense. It's talking primarily about the rise in anxiety and worry and fear in young people. And it's happening at an alarming rate. And uh, the more we try to kind of make things safe, the more uh, young people start to get scared. Isn't that interesting? And, uh, and it's, it, anyways, let me just read this to you. It says this, imagine for a moment, imagine for a moment that the future is going to be even more stressful than the present. Oh, our imaginations, they get us. Maybe we don't need to imagine this. You probably already believe it. According to a survey from the Pew Research Center last year, 60% of American adults think that three decades from now, the U.S. will be less powerful than it is today. Almost two-thirds say it will be even more divided politically. 59% think the environment will be degraded. Nearly three-quarters say that the gap between the haves and the have-nots will be wider. A plurality expect the average family's standard of living to have declined. Most of us, presumably, have recently become acutely aware of the danger of global plagues. This is just recently, obviously, written. Now, I know this next publication is not one that you would probably read frequently, but um, Jesus asked, what do other people, who do other people say that I am? So I like to ask every once in a while. That's deep enough that you should think about that for a minute. In the Rolling Stone, they wrote this article. If the election cycle is a mirror, now this is not the most recent. This is when the Clinton and Trump election was happening. If the recent election cycle is a mirror, then it is reflecting a society choked with fear. It's not just threads of terrorism, economic collapse, cyber warfare, and government corruption, each of which some 70% of our citizenry is afraid of, according to the Chapman University Survey on American Fears. Now, later on in the article, it goes like this. I don't think I gave it to you. So how is it possible to be living in the safest time in human history, yet at the exact same time be so scared? Because according to Glasner, the author of a book called The Culture of Fear, we are living in the most fear-mongering time in human history. And the main reason for this is that there's a lot of power and money available to individuals and organizations who can perpetuate these fears. And some of you are like, yeah, the other side does it so well. Now get over it. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. That's why we don't live in that kingdom. We are citizens of his kingdom before we are of this republic. And it should always go in that order. Or we will just get as anxious as everybody else. For mass media, insurance companies, big farm, advocacy groups, lawyers, politi- politicians, and so many more, your fear is worth billions. And fortunately for them, your fear is also very easy to manipulate. We're wired to respond to it, and above everything else, if we miss an opportunity for abundance, life goes on. If we miss an important fear, if we miss an important fear cue, it doesn't. Fears everywhere, and it's contagious. <laughs> it. You watched it. There's a dinosaur, a dude dressed as a dinosaur, that because they saw someone else running out of the alley, they immediately assumed something's wrong. So when they saw a fake reason, but albeit a reason, they got what? Fearful and made some irrational decisions. I remember watching a movie called The Blair Witch Project because I love the Lord. I don't like scary movies, but this one was like the big craze back in the day. I was in college, so I watched it with a bunch of guys in a dorm room. Like 18 of us squished in a dorm room watching a Blair Witch Project on a very small television, mind you. And the whole time, we aren't scared of the movie. We are scared of what one of the dudes is going to do during the movie. And so every time a scary thing would happen, someone would go, "Ah!" or they would punch you. Seems like a little extreme, but whatever. Right? Fear is contagious. It is something that when I see you fearful, when I see the flight attendant fearful, when I see the random dude running out of an alleyway, my my senses go up and all of a sudden I am afraid. And here's the thing, fear can be good but it can also be bad. Your imagination is a brilliant, amazing thing and you should plug into it on a regular basis. It is God-ordained, God-created, God-given. Please use it. Be problem solvers. Come up with creative ideas. Do all those things. Please do that. But imagination can also take you into places you were never meant to dwell. You were never meant to hang out. You were never meant to be there. It, it, is, why the, the, it is why the whole idea of fearing God is so important because it, it creates in you an understanding and a filter that allows you to fear the things that need to be and, and not fear the things that don't. I know I'm reading a couple articles, but Rolling Stone went on to say this, uh, quoting someone in the story. All of these emotions, especially fear, whip people up into a state of alarm, and they become angry and almost evangelical about what they believe. Come on, anybody? It's like a disease infecting millions of people around the country. Mark Sayers, I'm finally going to get to one that you know is a good one. Good source here. Mark Sayers says this. Yeah, you haven't read him yet? He's brilliant. Mark Sayers says this. Any system, be it a nation, family, or workplace, that is swamped by Chronic anxiety will be marked, marked by reactivity. Those within the system no longer act rationally. Instead, high emotion becomes the dominant form of interaction. I feel like he's talking about us. And yet the church is not meant to be that. The church is meant to bring a different system into the world. The church is meant to, to bring a different thing into the earth into the streets and hearts of Fort Worth. The the church is meant to bring a different king that has different kingdom characteristics, that causes a different way of life, that allows for you to walk in freedom when everybody else is is bound up, that allows you to walk with joy when everybody else is is discouraged and allows you to walk with peace when chaos seems to be swirling because the king is still on the throne. And he's he's not up for the primary. He's not still going to school to become the person who tells you what to do every side is is telling you this and this and that. Let me tell you something. This is a different kingdom. We live according to a different thing. So God shows up in Genesis 15. Yes, I'm finally going to read the Bible. In Genesis 15, and he says this phrase to Abram, and he's still Abram at the time. Genesis 12 is when he's gotten the promise, right? You're going to be this, this, and this. He gives him three massive promises. He makes a few stumbles. He makes a couple more after this moment, just a heads up. Um, I know we all have big God moments, but it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. God is, but you ain't. Get that off your pressure mark. You just don't need to worry about that. He says, to, he says this to Abram. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Isn't that interesting? The word of the Lord came to him in a vision. That's some interesting phrase. That's it. There's some Christology for you right there. Where do you find Jesus? Well, he's the word. So he shows up, and you can see the word. Okay, so... He says this, do not be afraid. (laughs) Abram's like, "Uh, I was sleeping, dude. It was a good dream, actually. I was finally escaping the realities of the day. I was ready to sleep. You woke me up. I'm not afraid. What are you talking about? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It's an interesting command preempts all of our fears, preempts the moments that fear is going to show up. And that, Now, though, there's something to be said for the idea that when God shows up and you see him for all he is, there is a, a level of fear and awe and wonder that makes you go, oh, wow, I, okay. It's the same thing that uh, the disciples did; Peter did at the, in the boat when Jesus tells him to go out deeper and he catches fish, and Peter does what? He falls to his knees and says, I'm not worthy of you. It's that kind of moment. There are those moments with the Lord because he is that big, that good, that great. And so there is that kind of thing. But there's also this idea that God is both speaking to his past because he's messed some things up, speaking to his present because, oh, my God, God is here, and speaking to his future because his future can also be a little scary. I always think it's funny when we say the Holy Spirit's our comforter when we don't want comfort. Or maybe better said, we don't need it because we're sitting in our Lazy Boy. This show's great. I got my ice cream, and the chair is comfortable. I don't need the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Sometimes sometimes God calls you into something, calls you into something more, something greater, something bigger, because he wants to comfort you when it gets uncomfortable. Because your calling, I'm just going to let you know this, I know, your calling is rarely going to be comfortable. That doesn't mean it's not going to be enjoyable and fruitful and fun and exciting, but it ain't going to be comfortable. There's going to be times where you're like, okay, this feels nice. He's going to give you rest. It's a command, actually. It's not just an idea. It's not just a suggestion. Get some rest. But the calling of your life is going to cause you to get into places that will cause you some discomfort. And the longer you resist that idea, the longer you will resist the fullness of the calling God's put on your life. Because he always calls you into something that's a little more than you are right now. Do not be afraid. I'm calling you into something. Do not be afraid because of what I'm about to tell you. Do not be afraid when I, when I take you out of your tent and I tell you to look up. Like he says this over and over and over in times of, of calling or, or transition. Uh, you, you see this in Joshua, right? One of the more famous, Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous, right? Be strong, he says it to Mary. Hey, do not fear. Do not fear. I'm here to do something amazing through your life. Be, do, be not afraid, right? Peter says it to Timothy later on as he's discipling him. He says in 2 Timothy 1.7, he says what? You have not been given a spirit of fear. Stir up the gifting. We're going to read that in a moment. Jesus says it to his disciples in John, he says, let not your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now, here's what's interesting. In all of these things, they had every reason to be. They had every reason to be afraid. That all, like, logically, if you did the whole pro-cons list, if you, like, were debating your, like, career and you were kind of making all the, they had every reason to be a little bit, at least a little bit, fearful. Joshua was about to continue the calling of his hero, Moses, and, and have to defeat 30 kingdoms to get them to the promised land. That's kind of like a little anxiety. Mary has just been told, you're going to get pregnant. And it's not going to be Joshua's, it's, I'm going to give you a baby, and you're going to change the world. It's going to be the Savior that you've been waiting for for four, 400 years. Okay, a little bit. Like, okay. Yeah. No biggie. I'd do that on a Monday. Jesus says to his disciples, when they know, they know that what happens next is not good. And whatever happens to Jesus is going to happen to us because we're his disciples. We are the the ones who perpetuate what he's started. We're the ones that continue what he's brought into the earth. If he gets killed, oh, my, we get killed. Don't worry. (laughs) Don't be afraid. You're good. Paul to Timothy, church is being persecuted. Paul is in prison awaiting his death. (laughs) He says to Timothy, I'm in chains. I'm about to die. But keep doing what I told you to do. Don't be afraid. In fact, stir it up even more. Oh, guys, This is not a question of whether or not you have good things to be afraid of. This isn't really a question of whether or not you have good things to fear. It's not what it is. It's a question of whether or not in the midst of fear. And in the, surrounded by fear. And having all the good reasons for fear you'll live by faith. I know this is so good. It's easy, right? It's so easy. You're all like, "Oh, man. What?" That's why when the writer of Hebrews says to you, "Keep your eyes on Jesus." Cuz even when you get weary and tired, you can look upon him and know you can keep going. The reality is, is that in every day, and in every moment, and in every situation, and in every circumstance, and in every future calling, and every f- future career choice, and every decision you got to make, fear and faith are both possible. They are both present, and what you believe about them can all happen. My grandfather used to say, "Fear and faith are the same thing. They both, they both believe that what has not happened will happen." I said it a little differently. I don't think I got it perfectly right. It's okay. You still love me. That's not my grandpa. It's my dad. And anyways, <laughs> he doesn't look. I mean, he, just want to make sure some of you guys are new. I only said it because you don't look like. I'm just saying. Anyways, welcome to C3. Faith and fear, they can always exist. they they're, they're always around. They're always sitting here. They're always kind of like sitting on the front row of your life heckling you. But fear is always sitting there going, oh, no, my God, that's a terrible joke. That's a terrible And you, you, because you're supplied by faith, can look at it and just bring it right back at them. Oh, those are the best moments. But fear just sits and watches and like those guys dropping the dude off a platform, just kind of keep throwing in little curveballs, just trying to make sure you think everything that has happened will have happened, Everything that did happen will repeat itself. Everything that could happen badly is going to happen poorly and badly. And you need to believe it because if you don't, you might actually end up hurting yourself. If you don't, you're going to really cause a problem. you gotta, you got to really be afraid. You've got to live in fear because if you don't, then you will misstep and then you, then you'll really get hurt. And you end up in the corner of your room in a cocoon because... Because you, you, you're, just, you're just trying to stay safe. And I'm not trying to diminish the idea that you should, in some circumstances, step away, run away. In fact, Paul says this, when, when you're tempted, take off. There's no reason to dance with the devil. Like, get on out of there. But the idea is that, that, that we must be able and willing to discern when it is fear or faith that is leading us and guiding us. It is one thing to have momentary fear. It is a whole other thing to live in and by fear. Because we are meant to walk by faith. That's how we're called. Why are we so afraid? What are we fearful of? Well, Hebrews 11 gives us a bit of a hint. Hebrews 11.8 says this. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out. Listen to this part. And this is the part that gets all of us. Even though he did not know where he was going. Even though he did not know where he was going, he went. Do not be afraid even if you don't know where this ends. Do not be afraid even if you don't know where God exactly is taking you. Do not be afraid if you've never seen the land that he's promising you. Do not be afraid. Do not fear just because you don't know. Do not fear simply because you're not sure. Do not fear because there hasn't been a picture in your mind of exactly what it should look like and how it should look. I didn't give this quote to you. I apologize. I had a lot of them. The longer we delve into fears, the more I see fears as a response to uncertainty, says the one who put together the Chapman survey I read to you earlier. The writer goes on to say after this conversation, if there is a crack in human psychology into which demagogues wriggle, it is by offering psychological relief for the anxiety created by uncertainty. Because when people are unsure or made to feel unsure and not in control of the safety of their finances, families, possessions, community, or future, their natural inclination is to grasp for Certainty. Clarence London, I wrote this this morning. I'm telling you, I changed this message 14 times because fear is all over the Bible and it's really not fair for you guys to make me do this in 40 minutes. We, we, we deal with uncertainty. Uncertainty becomes a thing we're afraid of rather than a thing we relish in. The mystery of God is such a powerful thing that Paul writes about on a regular basis. It is to dive into relationship with Jesus and be expanded all the time by the the unending nature of who he is. To realize that God is not going to be confined by your boxes, your limits, or your lines. He is not going to decide whether he's red or blue or purple. There's an option. Uh, He's not going to be confined by all the things you want to put in front of him. He is going to always be greater and bigger than you think he is. And the mystery of that and the uncertainty of that can scare us. But I'd much rather be caught up in the the wonder and the mystery of how big God is than the uncertainty of some future someone is trying to sell me for their own benefit and their own gain. I feel like I'm yelling and no one has raised their hand. Clarence London says this, Continued communion gives constant comfort. See, he does it too. Consistent communion gives constant comfort. The fellowship with God brings simplicity and rest of heart. One is not afraid of sudden fear. The soul turns to occupation with heavenly things. I'm so far behind. God says two things to to Abram. He says, I'm what? I am your shield and your ever, like never-ending, great reward. Two things that we all struggle with. I'm your shield. I'm your security. I'm your safety. Quit playing it safe. Mm. That was good. Somebody say amen. I am your safety. Put playing it safe with your calling, with your life, with your breath. Go do something. I'll be with you. If you mess up, I'll pick you up. This is a good father. When my six-year-old falls on his bike, I don't go, oh. Too bad. I mean, I mean I might for a second. <laughs> but hear me, like a good father, I let you learn that you're not a failure. I let you learn that you can get back up. And if you can't, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm gonna let you give it a go. And then we're gonna adjust. And we're gonna give it a go again. And you might mess up. We're gonna give it a go again. And when you might fail, we're gonna give it a go again because I'm your safety. Not the bike, not the concrete. I'm your safety. Not whether or not you do it right, do it well, not whether or not you make all the money and make all the career choices. No, no, I'm your safety. And I'm your reward. I am the thing that gives you satisfaction. Oh, isn't that a struggle? Because I can't get none. I mean, it only makes sense that I, the article and the... I am your great everlasting always increasing reward your satisfaction is me i am your daily bread there is nothing that can sustain you nothing that can provide for you nothing that can can fulfill your heart and mind like i can quit looking for it everywhere else do not be afraid when you don't have all the measurables of success that the world wants to give you do not be afraid when you can't see all the things i've promised you do not be afraid because i am i am i am Your great reward. And when you realize that, you will not be afraid. When He is your safety and He is your reward, when He is your shield and He is your satisfaction, there is no greater life than that. It's why Paul looks at Timothy and he begins to tell about his grandmother who had faith and his mom who had faith. And they were amazing examples of what it looked like. And so he says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1:7, He says, So stir it up. Stir up the faith. Rekindle that gift in you. Don't let it die. Don't let it go away because you're afraid of what might happen. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. Don't do that because you're about to do something you never imagined you'd do. See 3 word. we're about to do something. We never imagined, well, we kind of imagined it. Yeah, actually, no, we did imagine it because we were not afraid. And he is our shield, and he is our great reward. This place is going to be filled with people who've been living by fear, and they're going to live by faith. They're going to look up, and they're going to count the stars. And they're going to realize their life is not done yet. And they're going to realize their calling has not been messed up so badly God can't redeem it. And they're going to realize people love them for just being them. And they're going to realize they're allowed to be here even when they still got things that, they, that want, they want to do out there. Oh, my God. God is going to be in this place. It's going to be amazing. My mom was coming through here praying Wednesday night. It was incredible. She said she walked down this hallway and all of a sudden just poof, overwhelmed by the spirit of God. Because here's the truth, and this is what he says to Timothy. Do not fear. I have not given you, listen, I have not given you a spirit of fear. So this is the difference between having a moment of fear that makes you run from a fake dinosaur and living with a spirit, an attitude, a breath of fear. Every time you breathe in, oh God, oh no. I don't know about this. I can't. It's amazing what fear does to your breathing, to your heartbeat. It's amazing how you live. Listen, if you live your whole life, you're going to faint. But I mount up with wings like eagles. I will not grow weary. I shall not faint. That's his promise to me. No, I I can't. But we're fueled by fear, and we're fueled by fear. We will grow empty and we will burn out. Back this weekend, Boy Coast Ideas, I'm going to give you a shout out. Ben Walter, he's just stepping out in faith, just doing something. Ben and Steph, they're both kind of going for it. And uh, Wednesday night, it's Saturday at 2 o'clock, you can talk to him. It's the first like event, it's not a C3 event, it's their event. Deconstruction, healing, being restored. I think it's awesome. A bunch of people going, <laughs> breathing. you've not been given a spirit of fear. Breathe in the breath of God. <sighs> Slow your heart rate down. you've been given what? Power. Because fear freezes you up. Makes you run. Get scared. Take off. Run from a fake dinosaur. Scream things like, let me tell you something. Ain't got nothing to say. Gives you what? Love. fear gets you in a scarcity mindset. So you ain't got nothing to give other people. You can't serve them, love them, especially if they disagree with you, especially if you don't like them, especially if they're on the other side of the aisle. Ah, man, no, that's a system run by something other than the kingdom and the grace of God. And he gives you what? A sound mind. Oh. The ability to discern, walk through things differently. Sound mind breathe, there's a spirit that's causing you to hyperventilate heartbeat, hunch over, sit down all the time, no, 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 that's not the spirit you've been given, Timothy, you saw your grandma, you saw your mom you saw that, stir that up this is what we do wake up, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 6.30 we start kindling something, but it ain't it ain't faith we start kindling something very different comparison. Ah, we haven't made it far enough. Where's our great reward? (laughs) Did they like my posts? This is my great reward. Have people commented they love me because that's my shield? Do they know who I am yet? And we kindle something very different. We wake up and look at our to-do list. Here's just a tip. Here's just a trick. We're going to close, I promise. Don't pick up your phone in the morning. Just don't. Don't pick it up. Don't use it as your alarm. Put it somewhere else. Charge it in the kitchen. When you wake up, put your feet on the ground. Today is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice in it. Ah, so good. Go work out. Go write a thank you card. Go tell your family you love them. Read your Bible. My God. Read your Bible because... It is the word that brings faith and light. And then take a walk, eat some breakfast. 45 minutes later, come back to your phone. Let me tell you something. Your fire will already be burning. So nothing else gets to decide what's warming you that day. And it'll burn up every other thought and every other worry and every other anxiety Every other discouragement, because you've got a fire already going. It doesn't matter what you throw at it. It's all getting burnt up in the goodness, in the power, and the love, and the sound mind of the Holy Spirit. Listen, I'm going to tell you this line. I like this line. I wrote it. I'm going to say this a lot, because it's a good one. Um, we put too much faith in our fear. We believe our fear far more than our God. But faith is built on what? His faithfulness. So I'm going to end with this, and then we're going to worship together. I'm going to ask you to do something a little different. This is how we're going to close. I'm going to read a psalm to you. At the end of this psalm, it says the word selah. It means to dwell on it. Think about it. Meditate on it. Meditation is, uh, in in at least in biblical terms, is not meant to be an emptying of yourself, but it's meant to be a filling of yourself with the things that you are meant to chew on. So that, that, is, that is this idea of taking Scripture and really chewing on it. You know, like a cow chews its, like you don't just swallow it. You like chew on it. Like you're telling your kid, like, hey, 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 whoa, slow down. Chew the thing up. Make sure you got it. Make sure it is what, like make sure you've really, 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 really got it before you try to digest it. And then digest it and it goes well. Like really chew on that thing. Like really think on it. So there's these moments in Psalms where it just says, okay, pause. Okay, Okay, hold on. Think about it. Think about what we just read. And I want to do that with you today. So you don't have to turn to it. I'm just going to read it. In fact, don't put it on the screen. Yeah, uh, thank you, but don't put it on the screen. I want you to just hear it. So I want you to close your eyes. In fact, why don't you stand up? Why don't you stand up? Let's do it that way. Hey, listen to me, guys. Listen to me. Listen to me. There are all kinds of things to be afraid of. All kinds of things. Every day, the potential is there for success and failure. The potential is there for good and bad. The potential is there for joy and despair. The potential is there for all of it. I promise, it's always there, always there. We carry that tension in our lives, throughout our lives, especially a life of faith. We will not be fearful people living in scarcity because our God is a God of abundance. We can give love and still have it. We can give grace and still have it. We can give life and still have it because it's a never-ending stream. We can serve people and still have energy, strength, vibrancy. Don't be afraid. Do not fear. Because here's the secret sauce, and I'm going to read it in Psalms. Every time God says this, he points back to him. He says, don't be afraid because I'm your shield. Be strong and courageous because I'll be with you. Hey, do not be afraid because I have overcome the world. Mary, 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 Mary. I got to thing, but don't be afraid. I'm doing it. He always points to his own character, not yours. Do not be afraid, for He is with you. All right, close your eyes. I'm going to read this psalm over you, and I'm going to say, "Say lot," and the band's going to give you 30 seconds to think on it, and we're singing. God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always, always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid. Though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas, though its waters roar and foam and mountains quake with its turmoil, we will not be afraid. Say, lot.